It is Wednesday, February 21st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Down goes number one. And the college football playoff gets a makeover. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Top dogs in college basketball get smashed on the road. A good night for the system. And the college football playoff has a new model. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Let's start with college hoops as the number one team in the nation, AJ, goes down, and they went down big. 85-66, the number 15 Creighton Blue Jays blowing out the number one UConn Huskies. Yeah, the Creighton Jays, we talked about them yesterday. It's a team that I I don't have a whole lot of faith in because they've cost me a couple times, but I did say this was a miraculous spot for them, and uh, they they did the job. This was, I mean, it didn't take long for them to really establish themselves. I guess maybe a, a sort of slow first five or six minutes of the game for Creighton, but, I mean, after about the 10-minute mark, they just dominated this game. Um, this was already trending to be a blowout at halftime. Creighton had a, a 14 point halftime lead. Um, despite UConn getting a great performance from Tristan Newton, who had 27 points in the loss, uh, Donovan Klingon had 12, but it was just wasn't enough. Ryan Kalkbrenner, uh, 15 points and, and four blocks in the game. Uh, Steven Ashworth, the, he, he led the way scoring wise for Creighton with 20, just a, a complete game from these Creighton Blue Jays, and they went 14 of 28 from three. UConn went three of 16. That's the way it happens on the road. Like, if, you, if you're if you a team that relies on shooting and you don't shoot well on the road, good luck. And UConn, you know, they, they have a bad night from behind the arc. And, you know, when you're trying to trade twos for threes, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't take long for it to turn into a blowout. You know, we talked yesterday about the odds to win the national championship, the odds to make the final four. Seeing UConn lose a game like this, does it give you hesitation on them in the futures market? I mean, I've, I've kind of said this for a while that I don't know that there's any runaway great teams, and that includes Utah, UConn. I know there's a lot of people who are like who are starting to say there's UConn and then there's the everybody else tier. I don't know that that's true. And um, I, I, I mean, UConn's obviously very, very good. Don't get me wrong, but there's been some signs like, you know, the, the game that they played at Seton Hall wasn't a close. It wasn't even a competitive game. Uh, this game wasn't a competitive game. If you're like a massively elite, you're way better than the field type of team. You're not getting blown out, you know, by double digits multiple times in the season. When you lose, you're probably not losing by much. And they've had a couple blowout losses here. I, I mean, I, I still think they're very, very good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they, they probably, I mean, if, if they run the table the rest of the season, I mean, they'll be the number one overall seed, but I don't know that that's a given. I, I would say Marquette has a good revenge spot coming up, uh, after getting blown out at home or, or at UConn, pardon me, but now Marquette comes home and gets UConn there. Uh, that'll be, I guess, two weeks from now. So there, there's still some games left for UConn that, that they've got to really prove something. And if they win the big East, they're going to be the team to beat in the tournament. 
but I, I just don't know that they were ever this far and away the bet like they're way better than Purdue or they're way better than Houston. I think it's just a lot of recency bias. Like you saw Purdue lose over the weekend and everybody was like, well, there it is. UConn, mm-hmm. they don't lose. So they're the best that, you know, they'd been on a 14 game winning streak or whatever it was. And it, of course you start to, to you start to believe in it. And you saw it last year. They won the championship last year. You start to say, well, yeah, that's how good they are. I, 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 again, I think they're good. I don't know that they're this some some unbeatable juggernaut that people were making them out to be. I, I think that this is a wide open tournament, which to me is very interesting. I think there's there's probably nine, ten teams that I could see winning the championship at this point. Well, we haven't had uh, a team go to the national championship game in back-to-back years since North Carolina did it in 2016 and 2017. We haven't had a team win consecutive national championships since Florida going all the way back to 2006 and 2007. UConn is still the favorite at plus 500 to win the national championship. Elsewhere in the top 25 last night, the system came through, AJ. Number 25, BYU, a 78-71 win over number 11, Baylor. So updating the uh, trend here of lower-ranked team favored over higher-ranked team. It is now 12-3 straight up, 10-5 ATS as the Cougs covered last night. Yeah, this was a weird game uh, because Baylor jumped out to an 8-0 lead. They they had a lead of 22-13 to about 10 minutes into the game. And from that point on, it was all BYU. The, the shots started to fall for BYU. And I, I sound like a broken record, I guess, but the, these teams, their home road splits. Like if you don't shoot well on the road and Baylor, a, a team, that, the, the best actually by percentage three-point shooting team in the country, they went five from 20 from three. BYU went 14 of 36. Uh, it's it's hard to keep up, like I said. And even, you know, obviously the, the style BYU plays doesn't lend to them getting to the free throw line a lot. Uh, only nine attempts. They made six free throws and, and Baylor got 16. But even that wasn't enough to make up for a poor shooting night for Baylor. If they started out hot, I thought that, man, I was like, uh-oh, this is, uh, this is worrisome because I, I was on BYU last night. Um, but you, you started to see BYU get into a little bit of a shooting rhythm and, uh, their big man, Ali Khalifa had a big game as well. He, he, he did a good job banging with the bodies there for, for, with Baylor and, uh, actually had a good, good passing night with seven assists on the night for Ali Khalifa, something you don't expect. Um, but when you've got a big man and, and that's a different, I mean, BYU, all five of their guys can get out and shoot and including Ali Khalifa, who's like a, a six eleven seven foot guy. He hit four three-pointers in this game. Just everybody on the floor for BYU is a threat from three, and it just overwhelmed this Baylor defense that has question marks for sure, uh, at least on that on that side of the ball. Elsewhere, another system play came through as unranked Utah State defeated number 19 San Diego State 68-63, and this is the other system with an unranked favorite over a ranked opponent, and with the victory by Utah State, it improves to 23-18 and straight up, but only 20-21 and ATS. Yeah, Utah State was my best bet last night, uh, my best bet for the week on on the college basketball podcast. And um, this was a, a, a really good game. And, and it was a game where Utah State, they would get out to a double-digit lead and then get sucked back in. Get out to a big lead, get sucked back in. And at the end, they, they were uh, in a comfortable spot. But it, San Diego State's a, a very good team. They're very live. But, man, it, they just did not have an answer 
for, for great Osabor or Darius Brown. Both of those two guys in their own ways just dominated this game. Osabor, 17 points, uh, seven, seven boards, seven assists, and two blocks. A pretty complete night for him. And then Darius Brown just filled it up from outside, five of nine from three. And um, it, just a, a another bad shooting night for the road team. San Diego State, not a great shooting team to begin with. But three of 19 from three, you're just not going to get the job done. So we updated those system plays, and we actually have another one coming up tonight we'll get to in just a moment. But running through the rest of the top 25 schedule last night, number five, Tennessee, a 72-67 win over Missouri. Number 23, Texas Tech, barely gets by TCU, 82-81. And number 18, St. Mary's, a 70-66 win over San Francisco. Which one of these results stands out to you, AJ? Uh, the San Francisco St. Mary's game was great. Um, like San Francisco had every chance to win that game. Couldn't quite get the job done at home. I, I mentioned it yesterday on, on the show that they really needed this win. We're, we're unable to get it, but uh, Tennessee, it, it's like the, you look at the final score and you say, Oh, okay. No, it's a nice win. Uh, they didn't cover, but Mizzou led this game for most of the game. Mizzou gave them a hell of a, and Missouri's a really bad team. Uh, by SEC standards. So a rough performance for Tennessee. So that's something I'd keep an eye on. Obviously, any any road, uh, you know, road win is a good win. And it's a road win for Tennessee, but not, certainly not the way they want to be looking right now, going into a tough stretch of schedule where they've got Texas A&M, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky to finish the season. All right, well, let's take a look at the schedule for tonight. I did mention that we have one of those system plays with an unranked favorite favored over a ranked opponent, and that's going to be the game between New Mexico and number 22, Colorado State. The Lobos of New Mexico, six-and-a-half-point home favorites, AJ. New Mexico's one of the best home courts in the country. It's I won't pick against the Lobos in the pit. I just don't do it, so... Uh, it is a big number. I, I doubt I'll be on. The, I, I doubt I'll be on the New Mexico side because the number is just so big. But it, Colorado State is also a very home court dependent team. So you're you're taking two teams that really rely on home home road splits and putting them on the floor together. It's New Mexico or pass. But at that number, it's probably a pass for me. All right. Elsewhere on the top twenty five schedule for tonight, number twelve Illinois, seven and a half point favorites at Penn State. Number eight Duke. Just five and a half point favorites at Miami. Yeah, that's it's kind of surprising to me because this isn't going to be a a full Miami roster. Jim Laranega saying he doesn't expect to have the the full uh, rotation of guys. Nigel Pack supposedly will be uh, unavailable today against Duke. So I kind of thought there'd be more Duke money coming in, but again, you're seeing how much this market respects home court advantage now, and it's. Uh, like they it's you want to say okay Miami's missing a guy but they're the home team like I I don't know how much more of a a dog you want to make a home team uh and you know even as good as Duke has been I I don't know that the the market can say well let's just make Miami plus seven on their home floor it's I mean it's just it's asking for for people to come and hammer that home team because home teams just don't lose big we have a matchup of ranked opponents in the SEC. Number 13, Alabama, eight and a half point favorites over number 24, Florida. Yeah, Florida's been playing really good ball. This is a team that I, this is one of those games where it's 
a lot bigger number than you would expect given the way one of these teams has been playing. Alabama is obviously very good, but Florida has been on a nice little run. You know, they've, they've, uh, they've won three games in a row. They've won seven of their last eight. This again comes down to how much do you respect home court and Alabama's hard. It's hard to fade them on their home floor. This is a team that relies so heavily on three pointers and they make a high, high percentage at home. I'd love to back Florida in this spot, I don't think I'm going to have the balls to do it. I, it's it's certainly on my list for today, but I, I I don't want to back Alabama here. But I again, I'm I'm just terrified of going against the home teams right now. Number sixteen, Dayton, two and a half point road favorites at George Mason. Should the Flyers be on upset alert? George Mason's tough, man. And you know, anytime I, I, I again a broken record. Anytime you're going on the road in conference, it's it's tough. But mm-hmm. uh, George Mason's probably right there with St. Bonnie's as the is the next best team in that in, in the Atlantic Ten. Uh, I guess maybe Richmond's in that conversation. But but George Mason is solid, and they went on a bad little streak. They they lost three straight. Uh, I guess maybe a couple weeks ago. And they're they're kind of picking things back up. But I still think this is one of the better teams. In the Atlantic 10, I, I again, I'd, I'd love to uh, to say that I, I want to back them here. Uh, Dayton's very good, though. They, you know, Dayton doesn't – Dayton, their only losses are on the road. So they, they're very beatable, and George Mason's the kind of team that could get them. Uh, but the way that Dayton's playing right now, boy, it's, it's hard to fade that team. They are just so strong. They look like far and away the best team in the A-10. Two more top 25 teams in action. Number seven, Marquette, a 25 and a half point favorite at home against DePaul. And number 17, Kentucky, laying six and a half on the road at LSU. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. 
And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Still another day until the NBA gets back into the swing of things. And as we promised, we're going to continue to have a futures conversation. And wanted to surround this morning's talk around the awards market, specifically the MVP market. And here are the updated odds, courtesy of the DraftKings Sportsbook. Nikola Jokic is at minus 135. He is the favorite to win the award. Shea Gilgis-Alexander having a tremendous season. He's the second favorite at plus 210. Giannis plus 850, Luca plus 950, and then Jason Tatum 25 to 1, Jalen Brunson and Kawhi Leonard both 70 to 1. Now, recent history, AJ, will tell us that you need to be one of the top, if not the top, PER guys. You know, John Hollinger's yep. player efficiency rating. You need to be like the top PER guy in order to win the MVP. And looking at the stats for this year, Joel Embiid's the top, but we're going to cancel him out. He's done with the injury. He's not going to play enough games. He's not in the running here for this award. The next highest player efficiency rating is Jokic at 31.22. And then Shea Gilgis-Alexander at 30.77, followed by Giannis at 29.75. So the odds to win the MVP right yeah. in line with the Sounds like they know. rating. In fact, we'll go... <laughs> Yeah, in fact, we'll go even further. The next player is Luka. So the top four in the odds to win the MVP, Jokic, SGA, Giannis, and Luka, are, if you take out Embiid, the top four in player efficiency rating. Here's where things get interesting. Anthony Davis is sixth in the league in PER. Now, he's played 52 games. That's more than Luka. And that's right up there with Jokic, SGA, and Giannis. He's at 25.61. But if you're looking at the odds to win the MVP, Anthony Davis is all the way down the list at five plus 50,000. Like he's not in the, he's not in the conversation to win the MVP. Why do you think that? Because the Lakers are four games over 500. Uh, I, I mean, he's, there's questions about who is even the best player on that team, and it's not a very good team. Uh, I, I think when you look at it, the, the reason why, I, if I had a vote right now, it'd be Shea Gildas Alexander. And there's a couple reasons why. One, I don't know if anybody thought the the Oklahoma City Thunder would be sitting at the All Star break at 37 and 17. That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, so it, even if you thought they were a team on the rise, I don't think a lot of people expected them to be second in the Western Conference and. Jokic and, and SGA, their stats are pretty similar. SGA leads every player uh, this season in 30-point games, um, you know, and it, he's on the better team right now. And I'll say this, I do think when you look at a guy like Jokic, who's won two awards already, two MVPs already, and this is a voted-on award, maybe SGA gets to nod this time. Maybe they want to switch it up a little bit. So, uh, mm-hmm. incredible season, both guys, but it feels like the guy who's playing on the better team right now, uh, and has kind of come out of nowhere. Maybe it's a, and hasn't had an MVP season before. Maybe that's the guy they look at. And 
I guess I also trust him to stay healthier for some reason. I, I just feel like mm-hmm. he's more likely to finish out the season strong. So the way SGA's played this season, it'd be him for me. And and also remember these teams have played four times, and SGA's three and one straight up against Jokic. So uh, when yep. you count the head-to-heads, and I guess we, it wasn't like last year when we were like, oh, well, Embiid and Jokic, we didn't know when these guys were playing head-to-head that this was like a battle of MVP candidates. But in hindsight, SGA and, and Jokic have played four times, and the Thunder have won three of those games. SGA third in the league, averaging 31.1 points per game. Last week, uh, I brought up the conversation, uh, maybe it was with uh, when RJ filled in for you, about Jason Tatum who has now his odds have gone down. He is 25 to one. And the premise was, you know, best player, best team Celtics, best record in the NBA. Uh, Why not Jason Tatum getting some love, but then you go and you look at the PER numbers and Jason Tatum is all the way down at 19th in player efficiency rating. And he's 10th in the league in scoring but yet he is the next guy amongst those, you know, the favorites here. And he's the first one beyond the 10 to one at 25 to one. And then Jalen Brunson, Kawhi Leonard are 70 to one. So, you know, Tatum's interesting, but I'll tell you who's really interesting, AJ. And you're going to be happy that I'm going to mention this guy's name. Donovan Mitchell is 150 to one to be the MVP right now. And here's what I don't understand. He is fifth in the league in scoring, 28.4 points per game. He is eighth in the league in player efficiency rating, pretty much right there, you know, behind Tyrese Halliburton and Anthony Davis. And you mentioned it yesterday. Who's hotter in the NBA right now than the Cleveland Cavaliers at 36 and 17? It's a, it's a good name to bring up. My my concern for him is the same same concern I'd have if I was actually placing a wager on SGA. At some point, you got to break into this club, and I, I, I don't. I know SGA is not in the club yet. I don't know that Donovan Mitchell's considered in the club of like where you're an elite elite NBA player. I think both those guys coming into the season they looked they were looked at as maybe elite scorers. I know I know Donovan Mitchell's been looked at as an elite scorer in his career. I don't know that he's ever been looked at as like a top five player in the league. And I think that sometimes these media guys are slow to come around. Like it takes multiple seasons before they're like, okay, yeah, this is pretty legit. Uh, I, do I think Donovan Mitchell deserves more credit than he's getting? Yes. Do I think he'll get it? Probably not. I, I think the number that you, what'd you say? 150 to one. I, I think mm-hmm. it's for good reason. Cause I, I don't think it, first of all, he plays in, in the middle uh, middle America, which is the, the hardest place to uh, to come from, unless you're LeBron James, to to win those, these types of awards. But um, I, I, I and I just don't know that people look at him as a uh, as a as a superstar. And I think you have to be looked at. It. I mean, the reason you, you I mean you were talking about Jason Tatum, look where he's at in in the PER rankings and where his odds are, and then look at Donovan Mitchell. Jason Tatum's a superstar, and it, even to an extent where even when he's having a down season, he gets credit. And Donovan Mitchell is is not on that level. I, I think the Cavaliers are playing above their heads. I'd love to see him get more love. I just don't think it happens. All right. Uh, other awards we have. Uh, Rookie of the year. It's it's Wembenyama's minus six. Barring injury, it's his award. Um, yeah. Tyrese Maxey is the favorite to be most improved player at minus 195. Malik Monk is minus 115 to be the sixth man of the year. Rudy Gobert minus 650 
to be the defensive player of the year. Let me ask you something. Would you sprinkle a little bit on Victor Wembenyama at 20 to one to be the defensive player of the year? Mm. I, it's funny. I don't, I don't know what they, what all they put into this, like a, a defensive player of the year seems like it could just be, he, he leads the, he leads the NBA in blocks per game right now at three point. It seems like it could just be like a, a, a st- like a stat driven award. Like it feels like if any, anything should be, it should be that. But what I do know is Timberwolves are an elite defensive team. And you're talking, maybe that you're talking about the best defensive player on one of the best defensive teams. And in Wimbanyama, you're looking at a an elite defensive player, no doubt. But on the team in the Western Conference, it's giving up the most points per game in the conference. So you can say, well, we got the best guy on the team giving up the least points per game in the West, or the best defensive player on the team giving up the most points in the West. It's hard for me to imagine them saying, yeah, we'll, we'll give we'll give it to to Wimbanyama here. I, I I don't expect that to happen. Coach of the year, the favorite right now, and it's a close race. Mark Degnault from the Oklahoma City Thunder is plus 200. Chris Finch of the Timberwolves is plus 225. And J.B. Bickerstaff of the Cavs plus 425. Of those three, who would get your vote? It's tough. I I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be between uh, – it, it, Chris Finch seems like he deserves the nod because of where they're sitting right now. But if the Thunder are better over the second half of the season, it might it might just be whoever has the better the better record between those two guys. I think Cleveland mm. was a team that was kind of on the rise last year. People kind of saw this coming. I don't know if they saw them being like a, you know the two seed in the East, but uh, unless they were to somehow overtake the Celtics, I, I would say that it's probably between those two Western Conference guys. And I, I think it might just be a who finishes higher in the standings award for for those two. If Chris Finch, if the season were to end today. And he, Chris Finch had the Minnesota Timberwolves in first place in the Western Conference. To me, it's a no-brainer, but yeah. it's just a matter of do you, do you think Minnesota holds on? And ironically, OKC in second place, that's that's the, the best chance to catch him. I cashed my NHL game of the year Let's last go. night, AJ. And you know something? I actually might have to have more because I've discovered the trend. Now... I got to ask you some advice. Do I give the trend out to the audience here <laughs> or do I gatekeep it for myself? I mean, I, we're here for the audience, Scott. I mean, come on. Of course you give it out to the audience. Well, considering I gate and considering I gave the trend out on yesterday morning show and I also gave it out to, you know, the people on pregame.com, I might as well go into it here. The, the play yesterday was the Colorado Avalanche at home against the Canucks and the Avalanche won three to one. And so they cashed as about minus minus one forty-five, depending on which book you got favorites and they won the game. And now going back to the start of the 2020 season, when you play the second game of a back to back at Colorado, you are one and 19. If we forget about the 2020 season and we just say from the start of 2021, you are 0 and 14. That's right. If you play the second game on the second night in a row, you are back to back games, no rest, and you are in Colorado, you are 0 and 14 
since the start of 2021. And the next time we will have an opportunity to do this is coming up next Tuesday when the Dallas Stars visit the Avalanche on the second of a back-to-back with no rest. However, they will be at home the prior game as opposed to being on the road the prior game. So if they were uh, home the prior game, it's just 0-3. If they were away the prior game, it is 0-11 since the start of 21. But overall, so it's a better trend if you're on the road in back-to-back games and Colorado's your second destination. But overall, once again, let me repeat, when you play the second of a back-to-back in Colorado, since the start of 2021, you are 0-14. Since the start of 2020, you are 1-19. That is pretty wild, man. And I mean, you can see it. You played a game the night before. Now you're going to elevation and playing. It's got to be tough. Um, But man, Mm -hmm. those numbers are just overwhelming. Since 2019, you're 2-22. Since 2018, 4 and 25. Since 2017, 10 and 33. So 2017 was actually a good year for some of those road teams. Maybe Colorado wasn't as good at home. But, I mean, pick a year, whatever you want to start from, 2 and 22. Since the start of 2019, you want to go, like I said, go past the COVID seasons and just start in 2021. 0 and 14 playing in Colorado on the second night of a back-to-back. And that's what happened to the Canucks last night, losing to the Avalanche 3-1. to one. The next time we will have a chance to bet this is the Dallas Stars visiting the Avalanche next Tuesday, February 27th. Uh, is that next Tuesday or is that... You know, That's that a week, a week from, from Tuesday. I believe that is next Tuesday. A week from yesterday, yeah. So you will be able to uh, bet that. But here's what else went down yesterday in the NHL. Panthers, a 3-2 overtime win over the Senators. Rangers beat the Stars 3-1. Islanders in overtime, a 5-4 win over the Penguins. The Capitals blow out the Devils 6-2. It was the Jets over the Wild 6-3. And the Golden Knights fall to the Predators 5-3, despite a valiant comeback effort in the third period, and the Kings blew out the Blue Jackets 5-1. to one. Tonight on the ice, the Sabres are at the Canadiens. Buffalo's a minus-130 favorite. The Flyers visit the Blackhawks and Philly, a minus-185 favorite. The Bruins are at the Oilers. Edmonton, minus-145. Maple Leafs visit the Coyotes. Toronto, minus-200. Austin Matthews, little homecoming game there. Uh, the Arizona kid and the Blue Jackets are at the Ducks. Anaheim, a minus 130 favorite. The college football playoff board has announced that there will be a new model. The five highest ranked conference champions will be included in the playoff, as well as the seven highest ranked non-champions. Now, I find this interesting, Scott, as we move away from a clear power five model. You know, it's hard to say that the the Big 12 is going to be a power conference anymore. Uh, we, we know that the Pac-12 is gone. So, I mean, it's this is so there's people who are like, well, what, are the, what about the mid-majors? I, I mean, this clearly in, in a way includes those those conferences because, I mean, there's no power five going forward. So this will be. There will be guaranteed yeah. to be a, a you know a, a non you know big boy school every year. Yeah, essentially what they did was they they refused to label 
the group of five yeah. is the group of five. And the language just says the five highest ranked conference champions. And that's regardless of conference. Go back a couple of years ago when Cincinnati was a top two team in the nation, you know, from the AAC, like they would have been one of the top five. It didn't matter if it was a group of five or not. So I think it's good for those conferences, those smaller conferences to know that those teams are live, especially think about the Pac-12 who, only has two teams that are going to play a Mountain West schedule. So it's just a matter of your national ranking now. And what they did explain, though, was that the top four highest-ranked conference champions will receive a bye in the first round. And so you would assume that would be the Big Ten champion, the SEC champion. You know, you're going to get ACC. the, you know, a- ACC champion and Big 12 champion probably. Like, that's what you're going to have. And then – you know, it's it's like the power four without the Pac-12 being the, the fifth, the power five. Uh, and then that's mixed in with everybody else. I think this opens the door for everybody. I don't think there's going to be a lot of complaints. Um, I think conference championship games will still be relevant because you're fighting for a bye by being that like like you could have a situation where both teams in their respective conference championship games are in the yeah. college football playoff. Like, you know, if, if Alabama and Georgia are, are both ranked high enough, the loser of that game is not going to dip down below 12. So they're both going to be in the college world playoff, but the winner is going to have a bye and the loser's not. So those games still mean something. But I think this was a good model. I think this was rather than just saying, oh, we're going to guarantee five conference champions or we're going to take 12 at-large teams. I think this was a way to still honor conference champions while still giving smaller conferences a chance to be represented. And even like the guy from Washington State who was he was on the committee said that this worked better for him than the six and six you know, uh, I guess presentation that they were looking at before, uh, because without a conference, it's a, it's a lot easier to be one of seven than it is of one of six. So that's the way they were looking at it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's an interest, it's an interesting theory because I, we also have to assume we, like we, when we're talking about the conferences, we're not talking about Notre Dame and, you know, Notre Dame is going to be in the mix more often than not for one of those spots. All they got to be, all they got to be yeah. is ranked in and, the top 12. And it seems like most years they are. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think it gives everybody a good chance. It's just a, it, the wording of it is, it was, was different than it was expected to be because when they, when they first came up with this idea of a 12, a 12 team, uh, playoff, there was a power six and that, or a power five, excuse me. And, that, mm-hmm. and that's gone away now. Uh, there's barely a power four at this yeah. point. Like, I mean, I, I still don't even know how seriously uh, the Big Twelve will be taken. So it, it is it is going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they how they put this thing together. But I I, I like this format. I mean I, I'm not as you know I'm not a big fan of the the twelve team playoff to begin with. But if you're going to have twelve teams, I think this is probably a better way to do it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's going to work out, and I think it's going to make for good television. Like I said, having the five the four conference champions get the buys in the first round um i think makes the conference championship games still mean something so and like i said because you can still have situations where both teams are ranked in the top 10 so one's not going to drop out maybe to to beyond 12 but getting that buy is going to be something worth playing for 
Got some new opportunities for you to save money at pregame.com. You could save 20% off your purchase by using the promo code CBB20, like college basketball. CBB20, 20% off your purchase at pregame.com. AJ, you won your best bet last night in college hoops. Uh, You're going to keep it rolling. College basketball, CBB20, gets you 20% off any purchase at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.